beginning a, a brand new message series called Fresh Start. Uh, as we move into this new year, I think everybody is in need of one. Everybody's looking for one. But we've been praying this, this past several weeks that there would be many, many, many people over the next several weeks that would make fresh starts with Jesus Christ. We're believing for that. So I want you to help me pray for that. How many will put that on your prayer list this week? And man, this, this morning at 9 o'clock, we had people all over the place giving their heart to the Lord, making fresh starts with Jesus. And then we got intro going on in the back right now. This is uh, our intro where you get to know the hills and get connected. And that room is packed back there. So yeah, man, you're at the hills at a great time. Amen. So fresh start. I want to dive in today. Uh, as I was studying for this uh, this week, or the past several weeks, and getting ready for today is our big kickoff. Uh, I, I was in my office, and I was studying, had my computer, had my candles lit, had my music playing, and I was in my moment, and, uh, and uh, I, I heard a ball dribbling, which is around our house. We have one son, Evan, that is now uh, playing basketball at Bryan College, and we have Davis, who is a, a freshman at uh, Christ Presbyterian, and he plays basketball as well. And, uh, and so uh, I heard a ball dribbling, and it's time for me to take a break, so I walked out, and I don't know if Davis is, Davis is somewhere here today, I don't know where he is, I don't want to embarrass him, but I, but I walked out and walked to our kitchen, got me a glass of water, and I looked out, and he was out there doing his dribble drills, you know, and then all of a sudden it switched, and I saw him start talking, how many know what I'm talking about? I saw him start going. And I knew where he was going. He had suddenly left that concrete, you know, and now he was in an arena somewhere. And just like that, it took me back to Brookhaven, Mississippi, where I was raised, Natchez, Mississippi, Brookhaven, Mississippi, not far from JS, Mississippi. Can I hear an amen from my second row over here? My dad was a pastor there. And... uh, uh, I just developed a love for basketball. I started to, started falling in love with it, and I, Dad, Dad, I want to get me a good basketball goal. And so my dad found me a, a basketball goal, and it was a nasty old fiberglass basketball goal. And he put it on a tree. Y'all know what I'm talking about? He put that thing on a tree, and there was no pavement. You know, it was just grass. I said, Dad. You got to pour me some cement, son. This is how I grew up playing. You're going to learn to play. It'll help you dribble well. It'll dribble off those roots of those trees, and you'll be really good, son. <laughs> that part didn't work. I'm going to say I can never dribble the ball well. But, but he said, just play. The more you play, it's going to get packed down. So sure enough, the more I played, it became this dirt court became just like concrete. And, uh, and then we bought it. We, we, moved to, uh, we moved to another place, and, and we got more land, which meant I got a bigger court. Still dirt, though, you know what I mean? And you, when you do a layup, you'd have to watch for those roots because you sprain an ankle so bad on it. And, uh, and so that's where I developed the love for basketball. And I'd be out there. I'd be dribbling, doing my, my practices and getting after it. And, and then I, I remember there'd be times I'd be in that, and I would suddenly do what Davis did. I'd be out there working. All of a sudden, everything would kind of go away, and it would just be me, you know, standing at the Chicago Bulls arena, you know. Why you think I wore my Jordans today? Come on, y'all. I don't always wear tennis shoes to preach, but when I do, I wear Jordans. So, yeah, there you go. I would be, man, it would just start happening. I'd be in that thing, and, and I could hear the announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are at game seven. 
It's all on the line. And can you believe it? This rookie, John Ragsdale from Brookhaven, Mississippi. He's leading all scorers in the league. He's so good that for the first time in his career, Michael Jordan is benched because John Ragsdale <laughs> is starting the game. How many of y'all with me, huh? Maybe it was baseball or football or Barbies for y'all. I don't know what it was, but we're going to come into my world right now. And I'm telling you, I'd be down to it. It'd be like game seven. There's only a few seconds left. And, of course, they ain't going to get the ball to Scottie Pippen. They're coming to me, all right? This is my dream. It'd be an ISO. I got the guy. I could feel it. Five, four, three, two, one. And I'd miss it, of course. And then what's the next thing? Oh, he was fouled. And now it's Ragsdale at the line to win the game. Oh, the clock didn't start. Or whatever it was. Oh, my, there's a blackout in Chicago. We got to start the game all over. It would, this whole thing until finally I would sink that game-winning shot. And ah, hear the crowd. And How many of you wish that you just had a good old-fashioned, real-life start-over button? Because the kids have it now, you know. They play video games. And Evan and Davis, Evan will come home from college, and I'll hear them in there playing. And they'll be, oh, and all of a sudden, why did you stop the game? I was losing. That's why I stopped the game. (laughs) Now, what would we do if we had a real-life start-over button? What if all of our guests today, instead of getting a cool coffee mug, when you went out there, they handed you a real-life do-over button? And you could take it today and just press it. And you could go back and do over one thing in your life. Where would you go? Would you go years ago? Would you go to your childhood? Would you go maybe just a few years ago? Months ago, weeks ago? Some of you may go to last night and hit the do-over button. Oh boy, do I have great news for you. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 17... Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. It's created new, the old life is gone, and a new life burgeons. Look at it. Come on, look at your neighbor and just tell them, say, look at it. Say, would you just look at it? Look at it. Now, if you don't know what that little humor was, just ask a millennial on your way home, okay? And they'll tell you what that was all about. I want to talk about a fresh start because we all need one. We're all looking for one. We're all asking for one. We're believing for one. And no matter who you are or where you are, where you come from or where you're going, you want one. And we try it so many different ways, maybe a different career, maybe a different relationship, maybe a different medication, Maybe another night, and it just goes on and on. Maybe a different church. Maybe, what is it, a different city? And we're all looking for it. I want to talk to us about having a fresh start. And I have one goal. I have one goal today. I had one goal last week, and I have one goal today. My goal today is for as many of you as, as can to make a fresh start with Jesus today. That's my entire goal, all right? Everybody say amen. amen. I want to read... 
that again, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. I want to grab a couple of points out of this passage uh, that I think are going to help us what happens when we get a fresh start. I think we all want one, but I want to talk about what really happens when it takes place. And I think when we understand that, that's going to help us want one more and also be able to receive one more. Bring that up again for me, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. Number one is created new. So our text says that when you get a fresh start, you are created new. Created new. Created new. I want you to hear that. Fresh start means new creation. Now, if you've been around the hills for very long, or if you are with us for very long, you're going to hear me say this, because this is something that one of the tenets that we believe, and that is this. At his essence, God is a creator. He can do a lot of other stuff great. He's a father. He's a friend. He's a savior. But if you really boil him down, which good luck with that, boiling God down, but if you can really get to the DNA, the core of what God is and who God is, he is a creator. If you can get that, you need to write that down somewhere. Write it down, and then when you get home, write it down again and put it on a mirror somewhere. God is a creator, and he's good at it. He's good at it. At what he does. Because when he creates something. Or he creates someone. They end up doing. What he created them to do. The sun. Still doing what he created it to do. Amen. The moon still doing. The trees. The dolphins. On and on. The things that he spoke into existence. Are still doing what he called them to do. Here's one thing I love about about God. He spoke everything. We did a series last January called Genesis that I so enjoyed. And we talked about the fact that everything he spoke it, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be, until he came to man. And when he came to man, he didn't speak it. He knelt down, he scooped up dirt, and formed man. Everything else in the world... He spoke. When it came time to create man, he got his hands dirty. With his hands. How many of y'all like handmade stuff? You know what I mean? I want handmade stuff. That's that's how man was created. And it didn't stop at Adam. He did the same thing with you. Jeremiah said this, before you were ever even in your mama's belly, I had a plan for you. I designed you. I knew what you were supposed to do. I thought about your DNA. I thought about your personality. I knew how much hair I wanted to have on your head when you were 24 years old. I thought through it, all of it. That's the plan. And then he didn't just think it, but Jeremiah says he knitted you. He formed you, created you exactly the way he wanted you to be. Understand, number one, God's a creator, and we stand in awe at everything he's done, and then turn around and look in the mirror and understand the great creator that you travel all over the world to look at his creation, and all you got to do is look in the mirror and go, he did that? He created this. The reason it's hard for us to have that revelation 
Because I think most of us believe that. If you believe that, just nod your head. Just have, How many believe that God created you and formed you? You believe that? I think we're all there, but I think what messes us up is we start looking at where we were and where we are. We start saying, okay, I know that God formed me with a destiny. I know God formed me to do great things. But between then and now, I've missed the game-winning shot. I struck out. I jumped the gun. I said no when I should have said yes. I said yes when I should have said no. I hung out with them a little too long. I wasted that night. I did too much of that. I did too little of that. Come on, is it just me preaching to myself today? Or is there anybody with me right now? (laughs) Just wish I had a do-over. Wish I had a, I could just do over. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I want you to get this today. Oh, man, the Pentecostals coming out of me right now, all right? I I want you to get this. I had you write it down. God, at his essence, is a creator. And God created you. I want you to write this down as well, okay? I want you to get this. God did not stop being a creator at creation. He didn't just do it one time and say, done with that. He continually creates. So, when you come to him broken, shattered, used up, tarnished, The scripture says that all he needs to find in the Old Testament, all he needs to find after the the, the animals had come and devoured the lamb, he said, if I can just find a piece of the lamb's ear, if I can just find a piece of the lamb's foot, then I can make a brand new lamb all over again. Anybody feel that way? Maybe it's all that's left of you is a thumb. You've been beat up, chewed up, spit out. That's what the enemy wants to do with you. That's what he's done with you. Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan wants you so bad, and he doesn't just want you to mess up one time. He wants you to keep, wants to keep grinding you down until you're nothing but dust. But I'm going to tell you right now, those of you that feel like you've been beat up and ground down, that's just the way God likes you. The scripture says, you want to make God a house? Good luck with that. He said, my house is in the broken And that word broken means this, crushed so much that it's like dust. So while we're trying to get our life all together, God's in the corner looking for dust. Why? Look at your neighbor and say, why does God like dust so much? Now look back at me and I'm going to give you the answer. I said, look back at me. Because it reminds him of the first time he met Adam. We didn't have to form Adam from what Adam was. He could make him the way he wanted him because he was just crushed and broken. So maybe instead of us fighting the crushing and running from it, maybe there's a season that we should just submit to it and say, God, I've not done very well with my life on my own. So if this is the season you want me to be in, then just come on. Come on, I hope that helps someone right now. 
somebody that's walking through a tough season. I can tell you, I know many of you that have walked through the toughest year of your life. Well, I'm believing that in this Fresh Start series, you're going to get a new lease on life because you're going to, not a new lease on life, you're going to own that puppy. Come on, let's go. Yeah, say that. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't want to lease life. I want to own it. Let's go. Yeah. I'm believing that because there's going to be a revelation that God is a creator, that God created me, and he never stops creating. So when I come to him broken, and I feel like I've gotten off, way off over here, GPS can't even find me, and I show back up to him lost and afraid, that's when he gets excited because creation is when he does his best work. So the first thing he says is, is you get, a, you get a new start. You get a brand, you're created brand new. I love that, created new. In the, in the uh, King James, New King James, it says this, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We read in January, on January 1, Revelations 1 says, the one sitting on the throne makes all things new. That is his nature, to create, to make stuff new, to start fresh. No patches. God doesn't do well with duct tape. He doesn't keep super good. How many of y'all got duct tape in your house right now in case something breaks down? Raise your hand. All right. How many of y'all got super glue? Y'all ready for that? Yeah. Why? God doesn't work with that. God doesn't super glue and bondo and paint and put makeup and spackling on. No, God doesn't work that way. God creates brand new, not a remodel. God doesn't want to do an add-on in your life. God wants to start fresh. He wants to build you the way he wanted to build you in the first place because he wants to create you the way that he wants you. Listen to me, because if he can create you the way he wants you, then you're going to do what God wants you to do. Can I hear a good amen at 11 o'clock at the hills? He makes you the way he wants you. Let me tell you a couple things how God makes you. Number one, he makes you new. Number two, look at this, Colossians 1 and 22 says this. He has brought you into the very presence of God, and you are holy, blameless, as you stand before him without a single fault. Now look at me. Look at me. I want you to hear this. Not many of us see ourselves that way. When you look at your life, you look at your, the mirror, you look at yesterday, you look at your planner for next week. How many of you, when you look at yourself, you think of yourself as holy, blameless, without a fault? Now, some of your spouses may think that you see yourself that way. But no, we don't see ourselves that way. Could it be that our issue is not that we need to see God in some greater fashion? But in reality, we need to see ourselves the way he sees us. That when he looks at me, he doesn't see my brokenness. He doesn't see my failures. He sees me standing before him, covered in the blood of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, holy, blameless, without fault. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 6 and 11. I love this. You've been cleaned up. 
and given a fresh start by Jesus, our master, our Messiah, and by our God present in us, the Spirit. Come on, if we can just see ourselves the way he sees us, then we're going to start walking into the things that he's designed us to walk in. So he makes us new. He also makes us holy, blameless, and faultless. But I love this. John chapter 832 says, he also makes you free. He, look at this, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall, say it loud, make you free. Many times we quote that as set you free. doesn't say that. It says make you free. Because you can set somebody free and them not be free. But you make somebody free and they're free indeed. That's why if you study incarceration, you'll see we did it when we pastored in Texas. We had ministries that were pouring into our prison system and ministering there. And it was crazy the cycle of people that would be set free and yet would end back in the system. Why? Because you can't just be set free. you got to be made free. There's got to be a broken down. There's got to be something where you come and you lay before him and you say, I want to be set, set free by you making me free. And that means no change. You don't see a baby born with chains on them. Babies aren't born with baggage. Right? Babies aren't born worrying about life and all the stuff we do. Why? Because they're made free. I'm believing today that some of you are going to be made free in the next several weeks, hopefully today. Back to our text, we look inside and we see that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. Number one, they're created new. Everybody say, created new. Number two, the old life is gone. Oh, man, there we go. That's a good one right there, right? How many ready for some old stuff to be gone? Just one person. Awesome. I heard like a mumble and one hand went up. How many ready for some old stuff to be gone? Come on. We're talking about a do-over. I want a do-over button. Well, the script, it ain't me. Scripture says it. Anybody that gets a fresh start, three things happen. Number one, you're created new. Number two, the old life is gone. Just like that. Now, I, I, see, here, I see some of you right now like, well, I ain't seen that happen in my life. I gave my life to the Lord and the old stuff is still hanging on. Let me tell you why. Because many times we come to the Lord and we say, I want to give my life to you. I'm ready to start fresh. And then we say, all right, here we go. I've been walking this way. And now, Lord, because I trust you, I'm just going to walk this way. And the old stuff is still right there. And it takes us years and years and years to get away from it because we're on this track. The Bible says that repentance, repentance is what draws God's heart to us. Repentance is what starts the process. Now, many people think repentance is, God, I'm sorry. That ain't repentance. Let me show you repentance. Here's repentance. That's repentance. Not what you say, it's what you do. Now, did you see how fast I got away? Here I am. Lord, I believe in you. Been living this way of life. Here's my old stuff. Peace out, old stuff. It's like that. 
Now look, it's going to come running after you. I'm telling you, it's going to come right after you. But the Bible says his glory will be your rear guard. The Bible says the blood of Jesus covers you. Matter of fact, it says this. We read in our text, anyone that is in Christ is a new creation. Some of you have had Christ in you, but you need to get in Christ. That means all in, baby. Come on. I'm in the body. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm going to share. I'm going to love. I want to be activated in the body. Kristen calls it, my wife right there, the Holy Spirit bubble. That's what she calls it. Just walking around in this insulated thing. Come on. That's how the old goes. No matter how bad it was. How many got some bad stuff in your old? So no matter how bad it was, it's gone. You don't believe it. I'm telling you, we do not believe that. Because if we believe that, we change the world. And that's why the enemy doesn't want us to. And not just the old stuff goes, the bad stuff goes. It means the good stuff's got to go too. You know, some of us got some good stuff. We want to hang on to our accomplishments. We want to give him the sin, Yeah, you know, give him the mess up. So I'm going to hang on to this trophy because this was fun. I hit the game-winning shot, you know. That was a good time. But Paul said... Paul listed all the things that he had done. I was born according to this. I went to this school. I've done this, 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 this. And he said, you know what it is to me now that I've come to Christ? It's cow poop. Y'all want the actual translation? Now, we're in church, so I won't tell you. That's what he says. It's, I count all of this stuff that I've accomplished as just dung. Come on, when we come to Jesus, we give it all to him. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Fresh start. He said, you're going to be created new. And secondly, you're going to, the old is going to be gone. But look at this, number three. We're going to wrap it up. You're created new, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The old life is gone. And I love this. A new life burgeons. That word burgeon means this, to grow rapidly or to flourish. I love that. Not taking a long time. I give my heart to you, Lord. I want to make a fresh start. I'm repenting of my sins. I'm going to walk with you now. And when you turn around, boom. Some of you, many of you that have given your heart to the Lord, do you remember that moment? When you made that commitment to him and you just, oh, you couldn't explain it. You had to tell everybody about it. Some of you that have never had that moment, oh, come on, baby, come on. That's what this life is all about. God does not want us living a get-by kind of life. He, does, he didn't come and die for us so we could get out of hell and into heaven. It's not why he came. He came so we could have life and have it more abundantly. Those people in the back in our intro class today, that's what they're hearing. That is the mission of our church, is to make sure that every individual is living the life that Christ promised, abundant life. Come on, how many want abundant life? Now look, the rest of y'all, y'all very good? Okay. I like mediocre. Can I, we just hang mediocre? No, abundant. How do you think we're going to reach the world if we don't have more than we need? I ain't a good preacher, but that's a good word right there. Come on. Well, I'm good with the money I got. Come on. Why? You're thinking about you. What if God wants to bless you so you can bless others? Well, I got enough energy. What if you need more energy so you can serve more? 
And many times I think when we throw out that word abundant life, many of you go straight to Christian TV, right? God wants you to have an abundant life. First of all, what's wrong with that? Come on. Let me break that down for you real quick. We're going to read it. John 10, 10. In the New King James, he said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Look at the New Living Translation. I love this. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Isn't that what everybody's looking for? And then I love it in the message. I came so they can have a real, eternal, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. You see, the new life that he brings is fresh. It's rich. It's full. It's satisfying. It's eternal. It's real. It's more life than you ever thought of or ever dreamed of. I don't know about you, but I've dreamed of some big stuff that I want to see in my life. How about you? You dreamed of big stuff? And just when you get to the apex of it, like that part right there, you haven't even started believing what God believes for you. Because he said, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It has not even entered the thoughts of man. It hasn't even got into your heart what you've imagined what God has for those that love him. Come on, let me tell you something. God wants you to live a full life. God wants the old to be gone. And God wants you to start brand new. But it has to be a moment where you say, I am done with me. I'm done with mine. I'm laying myself down crushed and broken. And if you're not crushed and broken, then just invite him to do so. I want to share with you as we close. I want to share with you five things, five facts about a fresh start. Number one, everyone needs a fresh start. No matter who you are, we're all dying right now. When, I, when, when the doctor slapped me on the rear, rear end in Stuttgart, Germany, and my mom and daddy held me close, the very day I was born, I began the dying process. As you sit here now, cells are decreasing, hair is falling out, He's like looking around with him. <laughs> You're aging, which means what? We're dying. Everyone needs one. I don't care how good you think you got it, you need a fresh start. I don't know how good your life is, you need a fresh start. Number one, everyone needs a fresh start. Number two, everyone can have a fresh start. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you haven't done. Many people feel like you haven't done enough to attain one. That ain't how God works. Everyone needs one. Everyone can have one. How about this one? You can have one. The everyone kind of, that's all. But you, you may look at you. You can have a fresh start. But you don't know. I don't care. Well, I mean, I care. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. X your excuses. Just X them out. X the excuses. They're done. There is not an excuse that you can bring up that would make God stamp invalid on your fresh start. Nothing. You can have one. How about this one? You can have a fresh start right now. Well, I thought this was like a four-week series. No, we got to wait. Let's go wait. We're going to wait till it. No, we're not waiting till then. Right here, right now. Come on. Do you feel that? 
right now? Do you feel, how many feel that? Did you feel that? I'm going to teach you how to be, those you don't know about being spiritual or feeling after God. Let me show, did you feel that? Raise your hand if you just felt that shift just then. You know what that is? That's eternity turning its eyes towards you. Right here in this moment. That's heaven looking. <laughs> looking at you saying, that one right there. That's Jesus saying, I bled for you. What I gave for you. I just want you to see you the way I see you. That's all he wants. For you to understand that he loves you. That he cares for you. That you're not too far. It's never too late. Never too late. I read your post this week. Didn't know that about you. Sweetheart wrote, I don't even know the story, but I want to know it. She doesn't even recognize recognize herself anymore. The torture and torment are gone. That's what he wants for you. Right where you are, just as you are. Don't you love that he loves us just as we are? But how many don't you love that he loves us too much to leave us that way? Everyone needs a fresh start. Everyone can have a fresh start. You can have a fresh start. You can have a fresh start right now. And here's my favorite. You can have another fresh start tomorrow too. Look at this. Lamentations 3 and 22. Maybe one of my new favorite passages. I don't normally go to Lamentations for favorite passages, but this would be it. God's loyal love could not have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. His mercies are created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. When we, when we get to that point that we don't have anything left, it's all, all gone. You've lost it all. Man, that's when God says, come on, baby. Nobody comes to Jesus at the, at the top of their career. <laughs> you notice that? Nobody does that. Why? Because we have to be broken. So here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you now just to lay it in front of him. Whether it's bad or whether your life is good now, there's no better time than right here, right now, at the beginning of 2017, to give your heart to the Lord. Let's close our eyes. Come on, everybody in the room.